Welcome to episode 172 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the pole position edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew. I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host, the iRacing Indy 500 champion, a computer genius, a gentleman, and a scholar, and one of the biggest members of Duval County. His name is Joshua Fine. What's going on, brother? Hey, I'm doing great, and that's right. Yeah, I'm one of the biggest members of Duval County, but yeah. Um, no, it's been a good weekend, of course, and um, you know we had a lot of good racing, of course, throughout uh, the weekend in IndyCar, NASCAR, um, maybe a F1, uh, if you consider that to be good. But yeah, definitely a lot of stuff that happened, and yeah, ready to get into it. Yeah, this is this week is uh, jam packed with what took place and what is taking. Not as much what is taking place, but there is a major that we'll get into. We'll talk about Alex Pelot's victory at the Detroit Grand Prix in IndyCar and um, adding to his points lead after a battle with the defending series champion Will Power. Uh, at Cup, of course, Kyle Busch from pole gets his third win of 20, uh, 2023 while his teammate sucks and um, is blaming Austin Sindrick for turning him in the wall when, frankly, Austin... Dylan went and turned himself across Austin Sindrick's nose. Um, we'll get into all that. There was a bit of argy-bargy going on there. Uh, and the truck race, Grant Infinger won and then broke the news that him and his wife are expecting their second child. So congrats on that as well. In the Xfinity race, Justin Allgaier dominated but got cleaned out by Parker Kligerman. And the beneficiary was Cole Custer uh, bringing Good news to Stuart Haas Racing since they really haven't had much in recent days. Uh, after the show last week was the massive uh, penalty announcement. We'll get into that during the Cup Series review. We'll also talk about uh, the Fish Lips winning again and Mercedes actually looking like they might be in the first steps of coming back, which might make it somewhat relevant later in the year to watch formula one because it isn't watchable now uh we'll go through the roundup f2 and f3 we're also at barcelona uh the new england nationals finished earlier today this is monday so they had rain out uh, they ran it today so we'll go and give you results on that and they're going to be racing at bristol this coming weekend wrc was in italy so we'll give you the recap and the results world superbikes in misano formula e had a doubleheader header jakarta Indy next at Detroit. There was a lot of action in the uh, preliminary events for sure at Detroit on this new uh, configuration. This coming weekend, we'll have MotoGP and Moto2 at Mugello and the 24 Hours of Le Mans, which they've already started practice and testing. And the Garage 56 car has been quite a revelation there so far um, in early practice with the times that they're putting up there. Speaking of uh, Gen 7 cars, the Cup Series, along with, for the first time ever, the Xfinity Series, will be racing at Snoroma uh, for this weekend doubleheader, and uh, we'll make we'll preview and make picks for both of those races. Josh will uh, let us know all things going on in the world of sim racing uh, in the sim segment, and uh, we'll close the deal and give a sneak peek to a, a guest that we're going to have uh, next week so um look forward to that for all you are avid listeners of the gsp but we will first start with the detroit grand prix 
the race was uh they had a caution on the first lap in the first turn uh, Callum Eilat uh, climbed over the back of Kyle Kirkwood to start the race it was a rough really rough circuit it was a tough race for everybody but in the end Alex Pillow was on a different level uh, this weekend and he was able to uh, hold off after a spirited battle with Will Power, who used pitch strategy to get himself up in position uh, to lead, uh, go in battle. So the last two champions of the IndyCar se- Series battling for the win, the Chevy Detroit Grand Prix won by Alex Pillow for Ganassi and Honda, over Will Power, Felix Rosenquist, Scott Dixon, Alexander Rossi. So three Chevys in the top five, two McLarens. The one McLaren that's missing, we'll have to talk about him here shortly. Kyle Kirkwood, as I mentioned, got run over by Callum Eilat on lap one and recovered to finish sixth, which is pretty epic. Uh, Marcus Ar- Mar- Scott McLaughlin, Marcus Armstrong, so three Kiwis in the top eight. Marcus Erickson and Indy 500 champion Joseph Newgarden rounded out the top ten. Uh, but I mean, yeah, that was a big incident. Uh, that first lap incident, uh, Pato Ward did have pace, but in the end, he made a couple of, there was a mistake on pit road with leaving a tire loose. He thought he had a broken drive shaft. They put the tire back on and then he crashed. Um, which is you just can't give away that many points. The last two races, the amount of points he's given away, if he loses the championship, which right now he's 82 points out of the lead, he's given away probably a good uh, 60 points, I I would say, or uh, at least 60 points, uh, because he would have probably finished in the top five in both of these races, uh, both Indy and uh, Detroit, but... Unfortunately, that's not what happened for him, the one uh, McLaren car that didn't finish. But uh, all I got to say, Josh, is, man, hello, Polo, because the 21 champion looks like he's back on that uh, same trend as he was a couple of years ago. He, he's just in a different time zone uh, at the moment. He, of course, set the record at Indy for the fastest one and four lap average. Didn't he fell short because of uh, Rena's VK at Indianapolis, but at one of the fastest cars comes back this weekend at Detroit gets a gets a second win of the year um, and her uh, first I think or wait a minute I'm mixed whether he I think he won um, no, he, he he won at the Indy GP Indy GP yes yeah, so a second win in the last three races so there you go. Um, what did you think of all the events at Detroit? It was quite an interesting course, uh, very rough to say the least. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, first of all, uh, Alex Pelot dominating this event, um, and winning the poll, uh, here. I mean, if Indianapolis had gone better for him and he didn't have that incident on pit road with Renus VK, uh, last week at the 500, we could easily be talking about him being on a hot streak right now. I mean, I think he still is, but, you know, we could be talking about him, you know, uh, winning three races in a row, including the Indy 500 being the points leader, um, being the all out favorite to win the title. Uh, but you know, right now he's really fast and, um, definitely, yeah, dominated the weekend, um, made the best of the very rough track, 
uh, on the Detroit Grand Prix, and it was, uh, you know, definitely, a, you know, he was one of the drivers that uh, had some very cryptic comments on, on Twitter uh, regarding the quality of the surface, and, you know, he was one of the guys that was very kind of complaining about that, but, you know, managed to get it done. Uh, but it wasn't without challenge, though, from uh, Will Power, of course. Um, you know, the first, you know, stint uh, during the race that, you know, went under green, um, Will Power caught up to uh, Polo and managed to overtake him right around the time that Polo took his first stop of the race. And I think, you know, maybe if Will Power had just a little bit more time, he could have gotten around uh, Alex Polo. And there was, you know, definitely a, a couple of times there where, you know, Will you know, he, I mean, he led nine laps as well. So, you know, of course, uh, him and Pelot were, I think, the two best cars in the field. And, uh, you know, tire strategy for Will Power was a little bit different. And that's what allowed him to gain so much time, uh, you know, compared to uh, the rest of the field on Pelot. And um, what an amazing drive. Uh, but, you know, had one shot to win at the end, of course. Um, and made a, you know, he made Alex Pelot overdrive the third turn after the long straight uh but Polo was able to get back in you know in, in the gas and make the corner and Will Power tried to cross under him but then Scott Dixon was there and you know ran into his path and then uh kind of you know went on two wheels for a second and then you know the power uh shut off briefly for power so um could have been interesting there if um power was able to um make that pass cleanly but you know Still, Polo was able to, you know, defend pretty well throughout that that sequence, and didn't really have any other challenge uh, from that. And by the time Power was able to get back in his second, you know, it was basically Polo's race uh, the rest of the way. So, yeah, it was definitely a very interesting Grand Prix. Um, you know, obviously, past Detroit Grand Prix haven't been all that entertaining for the most part, but this one uh, was definitely a little bit different. Um, definitely, um, the strategy I think you know between. Uh, power and Polo definitely was uh, very interesting um, and seeing how Power is able to close the end of tire run and then Polo uh, just the sheer pace that he's been on um, him being able to establish uh, that uh, that was pretty interesting as well but then you know, also late in the race you know with um, not only the drama between Power and Dixon you, know, you had the McLaren guys uh, Rosenquist and Rossi getting into it as well so that was pretty entertaining and you know, of course, um, uh, lots of lots of action happening behind the pack. Kirkwood having an opportunity uh, to possibly finish higher, uh, you know, out of that uh, sequence, but you know, ends up in sixth. So, yeah, definitely a lot of uh, things happening towards the end of the race. Um, you know, with uh, this you know new layout here, but the yeah, one thing we talk about with Polo um, compared to like Colton Herta and. Uh, Pat Award, you know, who are both, I mean, all three of those guys have been in the conversation for possibly going over to Formula One in some shape or form. You know, obviously, Herta has been the guy who's had maybe the longest rumors, of course, um, in terms of, you know, how long that they've been talking about him being able to be the most talented going to Formula One. Pato, you know, last couple of years with the McLaren Association, and then, of course, also with Polo, his association with uh, uh, McLaren potentially going over there. Um, and being in a Formula One uh, 
capacity. Obviously, he's in there as a test capacity as well and was uh, at the Miami Grand Prix last month in May. But, you know, Pelot is the guy, I think, out of those three guys that I could easily see who's ready to go to Formula One. I think he's the complete package, uh, you know, in terms of being a not only a fast driver, but someone who takes care of his equipment and, you know, drives, you know, has good uh, racecraft. You know, I think Colden obviously has great talent. We've seen it, but we've just never been able to see him um, capitalize on that and improve outside of his pace. And then uh, Pato has the, you know, personality, he has the uh, fanfare, and he's also quick as well. But we've seen him make a lot of dumb mistakes, um, you know, especially recently. And, you know, he's been, um, you know, in the uh, talk, you know, for some of the wrong reasons, go back to his incident with Scott Dixon back at Long Beach, 8,500, the late move. And even this race here, Detroit Grand Prix, you could say maybe he was really trying to overcompensate for the mistake that they made on pit road and ended up, you know, wrecking out of it. So, which may be a result of just pushing too hard, trying to make up for all that lost time, lost laps. So yeah, I think Pelot's definitely like if he ends up being in Formula One or it's next year or maybe in a few years now, I think he's the guy that's most prepared uh, and ready to go. And, you know, this this run that he's been on right now this season, you know, I think has definitely shown that to be the case. Yeah, plenty of great points there. And I do agree with the, your assessment about how Pelot is way more, I think he's way more measured and more um, polished compared to the two big names that came from Indy Next and have been rivals in uh, Herda and Award. I mean, Herda and Award have fan bases, whatever. I mean, I'm obviously a fan of Pato Award, but his last two weeks, the mistakes that he's made or forced uh, on upon himself, whatever, he can't win championships that way. Um, I mean, and Colton, they'll just say it's because he's at Andretti Autosport, but I mean... He has raw talent. He has raw talent and the ability, but you have to be able to put it together regularly and run top five, top ten. I mean, period. Like every week. Like you can't have days where you disappear and then win a race. I mean, the way the points structure is in IndyCar, you need to be running in the top five, top six every single week to go and win a championship. It's the Scott Dixon method of winning championships. That's why he has six of them. And um, Alex Palou, I, I think we've talked about it here on this show ever since Palou moved over there, that I think he's been the best teammate Scott Dixon has had since Dario Franchitti by far um, because he's got pace, he drives hard, he is very uh, focused and motivated and calculated, and he comes from, you know, Super Formula, which is a very difficult uh, category, and being an out being a non-Japanese driver and driving in super formula and being able to be successful is a big deal. And uh he was there, did well. That's before and then he came over here, ran for coin before he had his he's worked here with Ganassi. And I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen with his contract if it's still a done deal that he's going to McLaren. Uh Seems like it is maybe why Felix Rosenquist is driving harder than he has ever in his IndyCar career. Um, but 
you know, for now, Ganassi's benefiting from having Alex below and the way things are going when you have a near 70, he has a 70-point lead on Joseph Newgarden and a 51-point lead on Marcus Erickson uh, leading into Road America here in a couple weeks' time. Uh, Road America, which is another track that he's been good at uh, in his career. Uh, so this could get out of hand real quick if uh, these guys don't answer here in the next few weeks. Um, he's not as great at Iowa on the short oval but and gateway, but there's plenty of road courses between now and the, the vast majority of the races the rest of the year are permanent road courses. So that's a problem for everybody else, I would say. He's one on the permanent, he's one on a street circuit, and he's got a lot of momentum. So something that we're going to have to look at as we go on. Um, yeah, so uh, I would say the key play. Well, that's the thing. Key player was the track itself uh, and the unforced errors people were making because they're on cold tires, how narrow some sections are wider, and then they narrow up, and then you put it in the fence. Um, yeah, that was, there was the first caution there, and then Stingray Rob had a pretty brutal day. Uh, went off a bunch of times, and then... Yeah, Grosjean crashed late in the race, and then uh, so did so did David Malukas. Uh, Grosjean crashed out of uh, likely top five or top ten result, which, I mean, it's Roman Grosjean. It's not really that shocking, I guess, but it's kind of part of the problem for Andretti Autosport. When you have your fastest guy is inconsistent like Colton Herta, and then Roman Grosjean is liable to hit the wall, every race even though he's got speed and pace and then kyle kirkwood got screwed over at the start of the race and somehow or another got a sixth place finish out of it uh and then well we don't count the other guy because d francesco's a waste um so yeah we'll get to road america here in a couple weeks time and uh see what these guys bring to the table and the indycar um the indycar circuit here I mentioned the points. Uh, Pelot leads the points over Erickson, Newgarden, uh, Scott Dixon, and Pato Award are your top five. Alexander Rossi, Scott McLaughlin, Will Power, Colton Herta, and Felix Rosenquist round out the top ten. Uh, Herta to um, Herta to Christian Lundgaard, who's in thirteenth, is what ten? Yeah, thirteen points. So that's pretty close. Then there's a Rossi, McLaughlin, and Power only separated by four points. Award Dixon and Newgarden is what is it, twelve points. So there are good battles amongst these guys in the in the points, but you're gonna have to start making some moves here. Uh, Road America, then they have Mid Ohio, Toronto, and uh, the two races at uh, at Iowa. Then they'll run uh, Nashville, and then um, the second Grand Prix, the Indy GP, with the NASCAR weekend. Gateway, Portland, and Laguna to end the season. So it's going to start coming hot, and every every couple of weeks you're going to have a race. So uh, IndyCar season's going to go and finish real quick, right? It'll come out of nowhere, but it'll finish quick. So we've got to keep up with that for sure. All right, let's move on to the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, had an hour and a half delay early in the race because they take forever to go and start races in nascar because of fox and whatever so they had an hour and a half lightning delay for the enjoy illinois 300 which uh, left uh, 
things they they were held off and you had to wait. But one thing was for certain: Kyle Busch didn't care about waiting. He had a great race car, and uh, from pole ended up getting his third win of 2023 and locks himself. He still, I mean, if he was, if anyone was really worried that Kyle Busch wasn't going to be a factor in the playoffs, I mean, it, it matches and it has a lot of similarities to his 2008 season when he went to Gibbs, uh, with the wins that he's had. And, uh, they, I forget where I read it on Twitter. I think it was like a rough surface track that he wins his first race, which was Atlanta in 08 in California this year. He won at Talladega, both in 08 and this year, and now wins his third race in a short amount of time, and it's at Gateway. So Chevrolet has been dominant uh, most of this season, and it shows because the top three guys in wins are all Chevy drivers. Uh, eight wins for Byron, Bush, and Larson. So that's, uh, and now Kyle Bush puts himself in the mix points-wise a little bit to, um, to, have a chance because he's only what is it about 30 points out 31 points behind William Byron so he could go for that regular season title uh for if it keeps on moving that way and it was not there wasn't a whole hell of a lot of passing there's only 10 lead changes among five drivers uh Reddick had issues all through the day got spun out early and then before the lightning delay then wrecked later the the race was essentially Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, and uh, William Byron. Uh, those are the three cars that were up there most of the day, um, and you can look at it in the stages, stage points also. The vast majority of the stage points, all those cars were in the top 10 most of the day. Kyle Busch with the victory, number 63 of his cup career. Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, the defending race winner. Larson from 22nd to 4th. Martin Truex, Ryan Blaney, Daniel Suarez, William Byron, Michael McDowell from 21st to 9th, and Kevin Harvick rounding out the top 10. Uh, other stage points, Chastain got stage points, but uh, ended up, uh, I don't know why it says he has zero points, uh, but I think that has to be a typo, unless he got penalized for something that I don't know about. Uh, that has to be a typo, because he's running for cup points. That, so. Um, and then, yeah, Sindrick got a stage, got some points, stage points, and so did O. Richard, uh, but had an accident, uh, brake failure. That was one thing that uh, seemed to be a problem yesterday. A lot of brake failures. I mean, yes, they're shifting a lot more there. There's hard braking. You're going fast. It's going fast into these corners and shifting down two gears and having to roll um get the car down into kind of like a bull it's got dover characteristics to it it's got martinsville characteristics to it it's an interesting track gateway but kyle bush last year had a chance to win lost out to uh joey logano this year he got redemption and i mean he's he's relaxed he's feeling good about his situation that uh well, it was an hour and 45 minutes, my fault. It was like, that was an hour and a half. It's an hour and 45 minutes. Um, made me waste a lot more money on beer. Um, but Kyle Busch goes out there and gets that victory, Josh. And my uh, guess right now he's free rolling. He's trying to go and get uh, the regular season championship now. Him and uh, 
Randall Burnett and company. I think they're getting on a they're if they get on a roll here during the summer, it's around the time when Tyler Reddick ended up starting to win his races and uh they got on a heater uh during this time of the year last year. So if that goes the same way with Kyle Bush, look out. Yeah, definitely look out here and um you know, you talk about comparing Kyle Bush's twenty twenty three to, you know, fifteen years ago when he was uh in the number eighteen for uh, Joe Gibbs. I mean, I think, you know, that year he, he led the points for the most part, you know, for all the way through the, you know, start of the regular season um, and everything. This, you know, next gen era is definitely a lot more parity. Um, you know, there's not as much as last year, but it's still uh, quite a bit of uh, inconsistency. But, you know, Kyle Busch um, has a chance, like you said, to, he's only 44 points out to possibly, you know, get the uh, regular season title. So, you know, there's definitely an opportunity there. Uh, he's going to have to have a really good summer. And there's a lot of road courses upcoming, which, you know, last year the number eight car was really good on the road courses. And, you know, Kyle Busch is also, you know, a fairly good road racer. So there's definitely an opportunity uh, for him to get uh, that regular season title with all those opportunities um, available to him. Um, so, and there's plenty of good tracks for him over the summer as well. So it could be the you know summer of summer of Kyle here coming up uh, real soon uh, in in the Cup Series. But yeah, I mean this race here. I mean to me it looked like I was watching the Indy cars uh, at Gateway, except with stock car bodies. Um, and it's getting very similar, of course, because now Toe Link is now a, a uh, word that we're now using in the cup series which you know seems strange when you think about how it's always been solid rear axle uh you know racing since the the beginning and you know now you know we've been using the word tow link as course forever and uh open wheel racing so it's just like open wheel racing with a stock car body i guess or sports car body so um there's you know things to think about there but um the racing itself kind of resembled indycar racing at uh, gateway, which isn't a bad, but you know, considering stock car racing, you're supposed to be able to pass more. Um, you know, definitely looked uh, a lot like that, but you know, uh, it's a lot of factors that go into it. You know, the levels of power and uh, the tire, which I think was the same that they've been using at most of the short tracks uh, this year. So uh, we'll see if uh, they're able to make that different or not uh, later in the year for more of the short tracks. But yeah, it's definitely that. And of course, um, the I guess the the way that the heat cycle worked in the break uh, for the breaking here is kind of what caused the issues that we saw on Sunday, which I think is concerning. But uh, it seems like maybe Gateway is the only track where we really saw any of that uh, happen with braking issues and brake rotors exploding, etc. So uh, still, I think you have know, something worth investigating. The fact that it happened to you know several cars of you know deferring. Uh, levels you know you had the 2311 cars who you know right there with at the you know top tier you know if they're not top tier they're like very very much on the doorstep of being top tier um you had the legacy motor club experience that you know bottom tier team um you had spire car experience that as well which maybe mid to low tier so um yeah definitely uh, a problem across you know all you know, levels of the series. So, um, well, hopefully NASCAR resolves that issue soon. Um, and everything. And it's kind of interesting 
seeing that happen, but also, yeah, definitely not good. And uh, there are even reports of a few fans that got struck by some of the shrapnel. Um, of course, shout out to Noah Gregson, of course. Uh, you know, he was able to um, reach out to one of the fans and uh, offered, you know, something in return, uh, you know, because he got struck by one of the shrapnel from his car. So um, good fan interaction there from Noah. And that's why, you know, honestly, a lot of fans like him because he's does things like that, um, of course. But, uh, yeah, things definitely don't want to see that happen. So, you know, hopefully they get it resolved soon. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the racing wasn't all that interesting for the most part. Um, and uh, really, really uh, is hard to get any passing done. You know, if you got on the inside, it was hard to, you know, because you really need that drive off on the outside uh, to be able to maintain speed. And if uh, guys on the outside, it's really hard to, um, unless you have a really good working car like Kyle Busch, uh, then it was uh, definitely difficult uh, to be able to pass there. You saw Ryan Blady lead a good portion of the race here at the beginning, but then fell behind on pit stops and then couldn't get back uh, up to the front. So he wasn't able, obviously, able to repeat this week. So, um, yeah, it was definitely really hard to pass and there's not a not a whole lot of challenge uh, for the lead or anything like that so um yeah i mean it's gateway this week of course but you know i think one thing we got to bring up is i mean of course austin dylan uh making accusations of uh uh intentional wrecking against uh, austin Sindrick. Uh, of course um it maybe doesn't look as bad compared to chase elliott or even bubba wallace uh from what they did but still you know, the other guy hooking in the right rear, uh, and and maybe you know there's might be some data that suggests it was intentional and everything. But um, kind of wonder why you know all of a sudden now you know, the drivers deciding to hook hook on the right rear, you know, at the end of his straightaway or even uh, you know coming out of his straightaway like we saw last week. So yeah, it's definitely um, you know if NASCAR determines that's an issue or not. Um, you know, definitely still is a trend that you don't want to see guys getting intentionally wrecked, um, you know, getting hooked in the right rear like that. It's definitely something, you know, hopefully, hopefully you don't see that um, too much uh, any longer. Yeah, I mean, for for uh, bald spot Dylan to throw out accusations when he's wrecked people to win races in his career, most famously the Daytona 500, um, to me, I looked at that and he looked like he cleared himself across the nose of the two maybe the two did turn on him i don't really think so i don't see i mean Sindrick's history of kind of running into people i think he ran into kaz grala to win his first truck race i that was at mossport i don't really remember him getting in anybody really like trying to run over somebody when he was doing his xfinity deal um i mean he did get moved by daniel hemrick to lose that second consecutive championship uh at phoenix but he he doesn't really uh to me he's not one of those kind of guys that would go and run somebody over bubba can run hot um and that could have led to that's probably part of what led to that circumstance last year at vegas and then elliot you know he has a hard on for denny hamlin and decided he was going to hook him in the right rear and got to sit home and watch Corey lajoy um drive that car and finish 21st i mean my goodness um it i mean it, they made the comparison to uh cory lajoy's situation to jimmy means when he drove the 
the 25 car uh, for um, Rick Hendrick. It was a, they changed it to the 52 cars, the Folgers car, and he got wrecked like 10 laps into the race. He had qualified well, but then he he got he got wrecked 10 laps into the race, and then never got another major opportunity. Well, Corey LaJoy had the opportunity of a lifetime uh, driving the nine car. And he was outrun by Carson Osovar, I think, the whole entire weekend in his car and uh, before the brake failure for that team. And then he looked ordinary. He was just out there. I mean, no offense to Corey LaJoy, but, man, I don't know. If you want to say you're you're an elite driver, you stack pennies, you're going to be stacking pennies all right, and you're going to be stacking pennies driving for Spire uh, because they ain't going to be in a Hendrick car. Uh, Pretty sure if he brings enough money, he could drive a Stuart Oscar. It ain't that far off of a Spire car these days. Um, but yeah, I mean Austin Dillon, fuck him anyways. The guy's thirtieth in points. I mean he his teammate his teammate is is freaking uh, seventh in points and is second in the playoff standings with three wins in fifteen races. And Austin Dillon is thirtieth in points. I mean that's that's pathetic. You're, and he has minus uh, points because of the penalties, too, in terms of playoff points. Uh, he would be 31st, but then Chase Briscoe and the 14 team got an L3 penalty for, I think, uh, what was it, uh, illegal uh, altering, alteration to the floor, uh, front uh, part of the floor with the NACA duct on there and everyone was joking around. It's like, why would you put that on there and then run as bad as they did? It's like it wasn't cheating. They just, for whatever reason, put an illegal part on the car. The car was already dog shit, and then there's like, okay, let's go and make it even, let's put something that's not supposed to be on there on top of it. Um, Klaus Meyer getting sent home for six weeks is fine. Um, I love that uh, Bogoravich, Mike Bogoravich, they, he's called a performance uh, director at Stuart Haas Racing. And if you look at the performance of the 10, 14, and 41, there ain't a whole lot of performing going on there. Um, and now he's a crew chief for Briscoe. Briscoe had a okay race going on and then had a mechanical, uh, or no, he had a race, somebody, I think the brake deal with um, Gagson, I think a piece went through his radiator. Yeah, that's what it was. One of them brake failures. Might have been the host of our one um, thing. Brake piece went through the radiator, and he was in the garage. Ends up with another terrible finish, 34th place finish. Uh, he's in 31st in points. He's going to need a miracle um, to make a second consecutive uh, playoff appearance. That's for any of the Stuart Oscars that aren't Kevin Harvick. Um, I go through, see some of these other guys. Yeah, Bubba had a good run going for a good amount of the day and then wrecked late. I mean, Dylan, we talked about, oh, Richard had a failure later in the race. Um, a lot of these were, were Chevys. Uh, I mean, it has nothing to do with who makes the rotors, but the Chevy teams uh, were having problems there. And then you had some of the Toyotas. Uh, trying to see who else was... Uh, up there really had anything going on nothing else i mean aj almendinger actually had a decent run considering how bad uh colleague has been this year uh in cup for them to get a couple of cars in the top 20 a good deal for them moving going to snoroma where of course aj almendinger's had plenty of exploits at snoroma most of them not great so we'll see if um if he can turn that around uh 
we'll do the trucks because Xfinity, we kind of have to do a couple of races, uh, get a kind of recap, mini recap of the Charlotte race as well, along with what happened at Portland. I uh, mentioned Grand Enfinger earlier. Uh, or wait, actually, we'll just do the points quickly. Uh, the uh, points for the Cup Series right now, overall, uh, Ryan Blaney leads the points by 13 over William Byron, 22 over Kevin Harvick and 23 over Martin Truex, Ross Chastain, 29 points back in fifth. Then there's uh, Christopher Bell, minus 40, Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin are minus 44, and that's really, those eight cars are really where the point standings are at for anybody who's trying to go and possibly win that uh, regular season. Kyle Larson is minus 84, tied with Tyler Reddick. Uh, Brad Keselowski, minus 92. Logano, 94. Um, the cutoff spot at the moment is Daniel Suarez in 16th. And, uh, yeah, Daniel Suarez in 16th, six points ahead of Alex Bowman. And 15 points ahead of Keebler. Gibbs, so that's going to be interesting. Daniel Suarez, of course, going to the track where he won his first career race last year at Sonoroma, so could be an opportune time for him to get another victory there um, and solidify himself in the playoff. Uh, right now, 10 different winners so far this year. Uh, was a lot more parody last year, but see what happens with that. Was going into the truck series, as I said, Grand Infinger, benefited from uh ty majeski and uh and what's it called uh zane smith because zane smith still was able to finish out the race his car his truck was destroyed but uh they were running for the race lead there late in the deal and um ty majeski got loose under zane smith in three and four and cleaned him out put both fords into the wall and the beneficiary was Enfinger for his second win of the season, ninth of his career, announces that him and his wife are having a son, so um, congratulations to them. Uh, Enfinger led the most laps in this race, but it was basically him and uh, Ty Majeski were the two best trucks. Zane Smith was the other one. Uh, there wasn't really a hole. It was, it was basically... Not any more exciting than the cup race was, uh, but you know there was some some vehicles. You know he had some issues there, some wrecking. Stephen Malazzi sold his car to get a ride in a Rayum truck for the battery to fail. Uh, might be able to get him on the show uh, for his story because it's very interesting and pretty cool. Um, go through the results here. Grand Enfinger, the winner. Over Christian Eckes, Stuart Friesen, Carson Hosevar, and Chase Purdy. Uh, Matt Burrito, Ben Rhodes, Nick Sanchez, Jesse Love making his Truck Series debut uh, in in place of Corey Heim, who had to uh, miss the race due, an, due to an illness. What that illness is, we still don't know, uh, but he did get a waiver. And Jake Garcia getting a top 10 finish. Uh, there, a lot of the rookies were clustered together between 8th and 15th. Um, Brett Holmes actually had a decent day for once. Um, Daniel Dye almost got a top 10, Jesus. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Enfinger gets the win, Josh. Uh, 
the race was basically determined after that wreck between Majeski and Zane Smith. They were running up front. I think it was going to go, one of those two was going to win the race. Uh, Endfinger has a habit of being in the right place at the right time. Why he won an ARCA championship years ago. It's kind of what he's done since he's been a GMS, to be fair. He kind of puts himself in position and it's giving himself a chance to contend for a truck series championship this year. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think that ending, you know, between Zane Smith and uh, Ty Majeski, I mean, set up Grant Infinger to be able to win. But, you know, Infinger had, you know, led a bunch of laps as well throughout this race. So it wasn't like he didn't have a race winning car or truck or anything like that. It's just the fact that, um, you know, he was at the right place at the right time to be able to uh, capitalize on that uh, accident. But, um, you know, for Enfinger, of course, possibly making a, a chance to, you know, go go for a, a run here. Now he's also got two wins here on the season. So, you know, now we have uh, a handful of drivers here that, you know, are making their um, case that they could go for a possible run here. Uh, of course, Corey Hahn, uh, missing race, you know, gives them an opportunity to gain points on him, which they did, of course. So, uh, you know, going forward, how do you uh, win the regular season title for the truck series? And of course, you go out and win races. And Grant Grant Enfinger is definitely a a guy who's capable of doing that. Uh, and then you know, you have uh, other guys in the field. You know, Zane Smith, of course, could have had a chance to. Uh, set himself above those guys and get a third win here this season. But of course him and Ty Majeski just going for it at the end. And, you know, Ty Majeski, uh, was just, um, you know, drove too hard into turn three and took out, uh, um, Zane Smith and hasn't won yet for, uh, Ty Majeski. So definitely a missed opportunity there, uh, to get a win. Uh, but yeah, not, not a whole lot too much happened to me. There's just a, a ton of cautions, uh, in this one, uh, you know, obviously I had it on, but I mean, I don't know how much I was really paying attention to it. Um, of course, uh, uh, when the truck race, you know, tends to drag on and on when I feel like maybe it should end relatively quick, but, you know, just got a lot of inexperience and, uh, young drivers in the field who, you know, don't really understand, uh, how to, you know, give and take and everything. And, uh, you know, leads to, lot of stuff happening throughout the race that um maybe you won't see in cup or ex- even xfinity but yeah definitely um not not too much happened here but i mean i will say it yeah, at least there's probably a little bit more passing for the lead up front uh in this race than you know there was in cup though so we can give them that yeah it's about all we can say on that one they're gonna take a couple weeks off and uh come back their next race will be in uh, just under or just over two weeks' time at Nashville. Uh, so 17 days as of now, which we're doing a count, will be on Friday the 23rd. Um, in terms of their schedule, the um, I think I'm trying to see where the they 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 put the truck playoffs and yeah. So the last race, so they only have right now. There's only four more races in the regular season. Prior to this, so prior to them starting their playoff, which will be in August uh, at IRP. So they have Nashville Super Speedway. They have four different, very di- 
unique racetracks to go to for these last four races Nashville super speedway a concrete cookie cutter mid ohio sports car course road course of course of course um pocono which is you know it was an oval but you know it's a got it's unique in its own right and then you have uh richmond for the the regular season finale so something to look at there uh the points going in uh going into nashville here in a few weeks time heim Corey heim maintains his points lead but by one over majeski probably majeski would have taken the points lead if he hadn't wrecked and finger with the victory gets to within nine points zane smith minus 19 ben rhodes minus 32 christian eckes minus 36 all of those drivers outside of time majeski of course as josh mentioned um they've all won uh, after that, there's a huge gap between Eckes and Carson Hosevar, 52 points, and uh, but he has a win, so he's okay. The battle for the last three spots in the playoff at the moment, uh, well, I mean, Ty Majeski's going to make it, so that's not a big deal. Um, it's more about the last two spots, um, three, four, eight, eight, nine, because Crafton, um, is up by 25 points there's a 25 point gap between matt crafton and eighth and nick sanchez in 12th um so that's something to look at uh d burrito seven points ahead of tanner gray and 11 ahead of sanchez on the bump spot so something uh d benedetto's trying to hold on Friesen hasn't won this year um matt crafton made a crew chief change and they had issues all through the weekend uh, right now as it stands i think the they they have three right now they have three trucks in the playoff but uh, two that are more or less solid in majeski and Rhodes and grafton's trying to hold on uh for dear life there um uh, going back well before we get into portland uh, we'll go back and uh talk about charlotte briefly i mean we live casted it last week uh because it ran very late in the day or in the evening or whatever uh justin allgaier using fuel mileage to uh, win the alsco uniforms 300 after i don't know how many delays and uh aborted starts or whatever uh allgaier getting the victory the race was dominated by him john hunter and and ty Keebler Gibbs, who won both stages, they were the top three cars most of the day. Gibbs pitted late uh, for tires and fuel, while Allgaier, Nemechek, and Cole Custer didn't. And uh, I, I think Austin Hill did pit, so he was the best of the guys who did pit. Only seven cars on the lead lap uh, at the end of the day. Um, Parker Retzlaff getting a sixth-place finish, so sixth and seventh for Jordan Anderson racing, Jeb Burton finishing in seventh, Hosevar finishing eighth, a lap down. So, I mean, that, that race was determined on fuel mileage, but those those were the three of the uh, best cars there. Uh, there wasn't really a whole lot of drama in that race. Sheldon Creed got decent stage points, but then fell back. I think he hit the fence or something. Um, so that was that on Monday. Then they had the logistical nightmare of having to go from Monday night and then on Saturday afternoon race on at Portland International Raceway uh, for the Pacific Office Automation 147. Uh, that race was somewhat interesting uh, in the sense behind Sheldon Creed because he had the best he had the best car started on pole uh, did have 
get an argy bargy with uh, John Hunter Nemechek. Uh, they paid he uh, Creed got moved by John Hunter, and then he went and cleaned John Hunter out in retaliation. That opened the door for Justin Allgaier to go and kind of take over the race for a while until um, until Parker Kligerman decided to clean him out in the festival chicane. And um, that was the end of that, which allowed Cole Custer to get around. Uh, he won the second stage. Creed won the first stage, but led only twice for five laps. But he gets his first win of 2023. Somewhat unexpected. We don't really think of, of Cole Custer as a road racer by any means. Um, I mean, I think the one time that there was, he, he had a big uh, time on a road course was when John Hunter ran him into the grass at, at uh, Mossport, and then he went and tried to kill John Hunter Nemechek on the front straight, WWE style. Um, that was the one time I can remember Cole Custer contending on a road course in the truck series there. Custer over Allgaier. Sam Mayer, Barry, Josh Barry, Austin Hill, your top five. Myatt Snyder driving the 19 for Gibbs was sixth. Creed, Connor Mozak, Chandler Smith, and John Hunter Nemechek rounded out the top 10. Alex LeBay just outside of the top 10 there uh, for Mario Goslin's team. Uh, yeah, so Jordan Taylor had a much better car, and he ran better than where he finished in 27th. I think that last restart, somebody must have run him over. Um, that's the only way I can come up with him going from top five all day to being 27th. So unfortunate for him and the calling team. But yeah, Custer, the beneficiary of of uh, that, the overtime restart. But uh, they, they are a decent team. I don't think they're a favorite by any means. Uh, there's experience there. They have a good vibe going on there with that double zero crew in a time where Stuart Haas is not looking great at least to get some good news on that front yeah definitely for Cole Custer it's you know definitely a positive for uh, Stuart Haas racing there but um, yeah I mean he wasn't really that dominant and was definitely a beneficiary of the last restart but he also did um, win the second stage and uh, definitely should have uh, stayed up there you know, after that where he had a bad restart and had to go through the chicane uh, the, or the penalty chicane and almost almost uh, even had to take a penalty there but uh, NASCAR kind of let it slide uh, since he wasn't really able didn't really have an opportunity to go through that penalty chicane properly but uh, managed to get back up there on on speed and then was you know beneficial to the last restart with Allgaier uh, and uh, Sheldon Creed and Parker Clearman there. So, uh, yeah, definitely a good good win finally for Cole Custer, even though, yeah, you're right, he's not really a road course guy, but uh, yeah, I think he just happens to be good enough uh, probably de dedicating his craft, of course, uh, to um, being good in the Xfinity Series, hopefully get a ride in the Cup Series again. But, um you know, on the flip side, Justin Algar, um, missed opportunity there uh, for him. Of course, um, you know, he's um, somebody that's been really good on road courses over the course of his uh, Xfinity career and definitely could have another opportunity to add a win to the list there for him. Uh, but, you know, ends up finishing second, kind of sent it in there the last couple of corners uh, that race, but uh, wasn't able to catch him on the front straight. 
uh, to get past uh, Cole Custer, but still finishing in second there. So good, uh, good result there for the seven. Um, you know, Sheldon Creed, you know, another guy who had some misfortune and actually did lead a, lo- a lot of laps as well. So, um, of course, getting spun out by John Hunter, and then he paid him back later in the race. Uh, and then they settled it on pit road and had a discussion uh, there. So, uh, yeah, that that bit was pretty interesting. And then, of course, John Hunter got into it with his teammate um, and uh, with Sammy Smith there. So a uh, little bit of drama over in the Xfinity camp for Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, so, yeah, definitely not what you want to see if you're Joe Gibbs. But, you know, you got two guys that are pretty aggressive drivers at the end of the day. So maybe it's to be expected uh, there. Um, Matt, my insider, somebody said that could be a wild card in this race, end up finishing sixth. So, um, in a, you know, Joe Gibbs car. So definitely a uh, good finish there for him. Sam Mayer coming all the way from the back, finishing third. Uh, you know, that's a good finish for him as well. Um, and he's definitely, you know, not somebody we think of as a, someone's competent on road courses. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely not what expected there. Um, Kligerman, you of course had an opportunity at the end of the day, uh, could have been, could have been a, a win for him if he made, made the chicane going into, you know, the first set of corners at Portland, but unfortunately it didn't make it happen. Um, interesting though, how his car going through the S's, uh, you know, before the back straight at Portland, you know, how he was basically on three wheels, uh, and really, uh, really interesting how his car was handling there and, you know, thought maybe that might have been an advantage, but he really wasn't able to translate that into speed to make up against Allgaier before the last set of yellows. Uh, so, yeah, definitely um, an interesting look there being somebody that, you know, had three wheels in the left front way up high uh, going through um, the S's there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was a good, good race. Uh, you know, I thought it was pretty entertaining. Um, you know, another road course race without stage cautions. So definitely a good, uh, aspect there. Uh, so yeah, definitely a great race all the way around. Um, one thing though, uh, Chandler Smith owning, uh, Jeb Burton on social media and, you know, saying how, you know, Jeb Burton was going to go and, you know, beat up, uh, Chandler Smith after the race, but then, I uh, wasn't really able to land any punches or anything, and Chandler Smith put together a good clip, if you haven't seen it, on Twitter, um, and just completely, him and his, I guess, social team just completely owned uh, Jeb Burton there, so it was pretty funny, I mean, whether whether it's right or wrong is pretty funny, so uh, that's what counts these days, so uh, that was pretty interesting there, so um, yeah, gonna have a Xfinity road course race at Sonoma coming up this week, so that should be interesting, two road races in a row, so Maybe a lot of the guys that were good here uh, potentially could have uh, another successful week of uh, road racing if you know things go their way next week. Yeah, and then there's plenty of cup guys that are going to be in the race as well, so be a, a tougher field to make for some of the lower level teams as well. Um, we'll definitely get into that, uh, but the uh, points. Going into Snoroma, John Hunter Nemechek leads the overall points by 14 over Austin Hill, uh, 44 over Allgaier in third. Cole Custer is fourth, minus 65, and Josh Berry is minus 91 in fifth. Uh, Chandler Smith is uh, in a battle with Sheldon Creed there, sixth and seventh. Sammy Smith, Sam Mayer, and Riley Herbst are all clustered 
uh, 11 points between those three. Daniel Hemrick is on the bump spot uh, for the playoffs. He is 14 points ahead of Bruckshot Jones, uh, who is 12th. Jeb Burton, of course, went to Talladega, so he's in. And we'll see what happens as we move along here in the Xfinity series. Uh, Spanish Grand Prix, uh, Fish Lips won, and um, that's basically it. Uh, there really wasn't a whole whole lot uh, going on there in that race. It was pretty pretty uh, straightforward for 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 stopping. I think it, at this point, it's a question of when is if if he's ever gonna lose this year. Um, the rest of the year, uh, they he gave Sergio Perez a couple of uh, opportunities, and now Sergio Perez has handed him back with two consecutive races where he's basically dick stepped himself uh, at Monaco and at uh, Barcelona. Um, first stop in the winter by twenty four point zero nine seconds over Lewis Hamilton. George Russell was third, thirty two point three eight seconds behind. Perez was uh, three and a half seconds behind Russell. And then Carlos Sainz, who finished fifth, was around 10 seconds behind Sergio Perez. Uh, The Aston Martins had a a rough weekend, stroll ahead of Alonso, and now Mercedes is ahead of them in the Constructors' Championship. Both uh, Alpines, Ocon in eighth, Gasly in tenth, uh, sandwiched in between is Guan Yuzhou. Um, Charles Leclerc fell... uh, less than a second away from getting a point and Yuki Sonoda was the last car on the lead lap um yeah I mean there's everybody finished Logan Sargent finished last couple of seconds behind Valtteri Botas uh yeah I mean I I really don't know he won the pole uh pretty handily which is kind of what has become a norm for fish lips then um he went out there got a great start and um it's really I don't think I don't think we're um there's gonna be much of anything to come out of uh the rest of this season outside for I think the thing to uh look at is what's gonna happen with some of these other teams during um for what these teams may bring to the table. Uh that might be interesting, but the championship is over, both the drivers and constructors, uh, at least for the top spot and uh it's a case of uh, if Verstappen is just going to continue winning the rest of the season. He's one win away from tying Ayrton Senna for wins in a career, which is crazy to think. But, you know, when you start when you're 17 years old and you generally have been in good equipment the majority of your career, I think that's going to happen. So um, any anything else you got on the on the Spanish Grand Prix, Josh? I know I we talked about it. I was on Grid Talk, and I... Uh, and I'll be honest here. I didn't even watch a lap of the race. I woke up and um, was by the time I turned it on, they were the, Lewis was giving thanks to the team and everything. So I'm like, okay, that means something could happen. Um, and uh, they were going to the podium. So that's not the first time I've done that. I've had to host and not watch the race, which is actually better than um, trying to be a guest and actually talk about it. But well, yeah, because you're just. You're just cert, um, officiating the roundtable, so you get to ask all the questions. <laughs> no, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, I saw. I mean, I woke up and saw. I missed the start and saw some of it, so uh, kind of went back and forth between it in the morning. But 
I mean, yeah, not not really a whole lot, of course. Um, was kind of curious to see how Lewis would do, um, you know, at certain points of the race. Um, of course, uh, ended up finishing second. So, I mean, good progress for Mercedes, I guess, right? I mean, they've been pretty uh, bad compared to their standards uh, and getting a second, of course, that might be the closest they get to a win for Lewis this year, but um, certainly progress there, uh, which is certainly something to be proud of if you're a fan uh, and invested in their efforts. Uh, so definitely a good result there. And then um, I guess, you know, for third, you know, I thought maybe Sergio Perez would have caught uh, uh, George Russell there at the end, but, uh, you know, on the different set of tires, but um, just uh, didn't have enough time to be able to get up there and definitely um, wasn't able to make make as much progress. And, of course, you, you talk about uh, Sergio kind of giving it away to Verstappen. And, well, I mean, as a teammate, you know, you're supposed to challenge your other teammate, but, um, you know, he just has to be able to capitalize on being able to do that. And, you know, with um, the way things are, um, I think even for Perez, the – uh, chance of, or at least the remote chance of being able to have a you know opportunity to win the title, probably fading away very quickly if it hasn't already. Uh, so that's definitely probably out out the door there. But surprisingly, uh, you know, even if you're not going to be the guy, uh, you expect to at least try to make the podium. And so I think you have to be a little bit disappointed uh, if you're a Sergio Perez fan or even a Red Bull fan that you know the other car didn't make up make it onto the podium or anything like that. But um, a little bit surprised, you know, at some of the other results, you know, with, um, this race, of course, uh, Leclerc, um, you know, I guess qualified poorly this weekend and everything and, um, wasn't able to get into the points this week. So, uh, that ta- takes a hit, uh, you know, with his, um, chances of, you know, getting into, um, the, you know, better position in the points. So that's, pretty disappointing there um you know with uh alonso would have thought maybe he would have you know continued his good streak that he's been on but uh was only able to do seventh in his home grand prix uh but on the other end pretty good results for Gasly. of course one of maybe one of the worst cars on the grid in terms of pace um and then you know you have uh zo zo Guanyu, of course getting a good good run getting in the points this week so uh, definitely a good opportunity um, to, you know, score points, but he was able to do that. So, yeah, not a whole lot happened in this one, but um, at the end of the day, first stop, and I think from here on out, probably win the title, and probably, I don't know if he will win every race the rest of the way, but, yeah, I definitely think he'll win most of them for sure. I think the next, it's not about Ayrton Senna's record. It's about going and passing Alan Alan Prost and who has 51 and I think what uh, Sebastian Vettel has 53 I believe I don't remember off the top but uh but that's where you know 13 races I mean there's way more than 13 races left in the season anyways 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 there's 16 races left in the season uh and if he can win I think 13 more of them, which is highly likely, then he's going to be, I think he's going to get to second of all, second or third all time by the end of the year, possibly. 
definitely be third all time by early next year. Things continue down this path. One other thing to mention, the McLarens had both qualified really well. Lando Norris ran in the back of Lewis, broke his front wing, and that basically, at the end of his day, uh, Piastri was in the top 10, but then didn't really have the pace uh, during the race, uh, fell back, was the first car lap down. Uh, Hulkenberg was also in the top 10, but fell back and finished 15th. The Haases are not doing great, but then is that really surprising? Um, the points is 53 points lead for 53 point lead for Verstappen. Of course, he's won, uh, was it five of the first uh, seven races? The only other races were Sergio Perez wins and Verstappen finished second in both of those. Now, it's a close battle, actually, between... It's 30 points separating Sergio Perez and Lewis Hamilton, second to fourth. Uh, Alonso's 18 points behind Sergio Perez. So second in the World Drivers' Championship is is very uh, in play. George Russell has a seven-point lead on Carlos Sainz and a 23-point lead on Leclerc. Leclerc is closer to Stroll which is pretty sad considering how bad Lance Stroll has been this year. Um, Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly round out the top 10. Uh, the teams and the constructors, of course, mentioned Red Bull. They are 5'3", 135 points ahead of Mercedes, who over has overtaken Aston Martin for second in the constructors. Uh, they're, I mean, 18 points behind so Aston Martin's still in the mix for that spot Ferrari is a distant fourth they're 52 points out of second and 34 out of third Alpine is 60 points behind Ferrari um, and they're in their own zone really because they're 23 points out of McLaren and then the I think the intrigue is from seventh on back uh, Haas, Alfa Romeo both have eight points Alfa Torre with two and Williams with their solitary point um, at uh, Bahrain uh, with Alex Albon. They'll be racing. Uh, their next race, of course, is a Canadian Grand Prix. They'll be in a couple weeks' time, uh, and we'll get into that next week on the GSP. Uh, let's go into the roundup. GSP roundup time. Uh, we'll get first into Formula 2 and Formula 3 at uh, Barcelona, Uh Oh, Brad Benavides got penalized. That's great. Uh, probably probably because he sucks. Um, the winners, Frederick Vesti won the sprint race, and then Ollie Bierman won the feature this past weekend. And the sprint race, uh, that's not what I wanted to see. Go over there. So in the sprint race, uh, Vesti, uh, that's not, I just wanted to, there you go. Vesti over Teo Pocher by 1.1 seconds, and Victor Martins rounded out the podium. Uh, Iwasa was 8th, Enzo Fittipaldi 10th, Benavides was 15th. Uh, Jay Andruvla had issues, and they talked about it. Uh, he finished 19th, so not a great race for him there. Then in the feature race, Ali Bierman over Enzo Fittipaldi, Victor Martins, Iwasa comes up to 4th. Vesti uh, finished fifth. Pocher was seventh. Uh, Juan Manuel Correa was eleventh. Jack Crawford was thirteenth. Um, Deruvala 
14th, and um, Benavides got penalized. He finished last, so standings. Now they'll have uh, about a month off between uh, Barcelona and then racing at Austria. Frederick Vesti is up by 11 points over Teo Pocher. Iwasa is in third, Oli Bierman fourth, and Dennis Hauger in fifth. Hauger in fifth all the way to um, Artur Leclerc in 13th is only separated by 21 points. So a lot of movement can happen in that area. Kush Miney didn't have a great, uh, didn't score any points this this weekend. Uh, Zane Maloney had a rough weekend. Daruvla had no points. Crawford got none. So not a great weekend for some of those uh, drivers that we focus on here. In Formula 3, the results from uh, the other, and there's another American who got penalized, Hunter Yaney. So Zach O'Sullivan uh, got the sprint race win, and Joseph Maria Marti went and won the feature race. So Zach O'Sullivan over Browning and Fornioli, Fornaroli, and then Bortoletto, Paul Aaron, if top five, uh, get into, let's see, where the American, Kalen Frederick got penalized, Hunter Yaney, uh, another American driver, Gabrielle Mini had a rough race there. I'm trying to look for the, yeah, Sebastian Montoya next to last. Uh, not sure what happened to the Indian drivers. I guess people are getting fired for other pay drivers. Um, Marti gets the win over Franco Colapinto, Beganovic, Bortoletto, and Aaron. Montoya recovers, gets seventh. So Ashton Montoya in the feature. I'm going to see some of these other names. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess there's been some changes to the um, to the grid. Bortoletto uh, scored 19 points total this weekend between both races and uh, is 24 points out of Marti. He is 31 ahead of Beganovic. Gabriel Mini with a double, uh, double knot. Uh, loses ground. It falls back a couple of places. Paul Aaron in fifth. So uh, they'll race at Spielberg in a few weeks' time. So they'll, they'll be taking some time off as well. Uh, the NHRA New England Nationals mentioned took place. Uh, they said due to the inclement weather. Oh, that was part of the weekend's Thunder Valley Nationals. Oh, that sucks. Um, so I guess, what is it? Due to... I'll take a second qualifying. Okay, so the NHRA didn't run. Uh, they're going to go and finish the race at Bristol. So we'll see how that goes, and we'll talk about it next week. And um, in Rally Italy for the WRC, we'll, uh, Thierry Neuville gets the victory over his teammate, Esapeka Lapi, 33 seconds. Defending world champion Callie Rovampera finishes third. Efren Evans is fourth. And then the rally, the rally two car of uh, Andreas Mickelson and Skoda finished fifth overall. Uh, rally two class filled out the rest of the points. Um, Sebastian Auger had issues, uh, finished 14th and um, 19, nearly 20 minutes behind. Oh, that's, yeah, so that's really it. Uh, they'll be racing in Kenya in, what, three weeks' time? Yeah, so they'll be racing in Kenya, so that'll be a rough, tough battle there. Cali Rovampera 
uh, with his third place finish uh solidifies his points lead 25 points ahead of Terry Neuville with his first win of the year Ottanek is third two points ahead of Efren Evans and OJ who has run uh only four rounds this year is fifth in points Lappy with his second place finish is three points behind the nine-time world champion uh, world superbikes were at Misano last week and I'll go and bring those up see where they're at world superbikes and that's cars and then try to see if we can get bikes and then world out of his recovery Batista oh Alvaro Batista won all three races there at uh, Misano, lovely. Uh, so that's MotoGP. That's not what I wanted. Oh, because that's Italian. That's the Italian Grand Prix coming up this weekend. Uh, we'll go to WorldSuperbike.com. Yeah. Okay. So World Superbike. We'll go to the results. Uh, Emilia Romagna round. Uh, Batista over Ruben Rinaldi and Rascatlioku in race one. This. The Super Bowl race, uh, Rinaldi and Rascaglioku swap spots, but Batista wins. And then Axel Bassani gets on the podium in race two. So that's uh, essentially that. Uh, Garrett Gerloff, it looks like, uh, trying to find out if uh, he actually uh, did our, or what he did in the race itself. Results. Um, yeah, I'm trying to go through here. Garrett Gerloff finished 13th uh, in race one. And then in the Super Bowl race, uh, trying to close that, Super Bowl, that's not what I wanted. Super Bowl race, that's what I wanted. Um, what's it called? Uh, Garrett Gerloff actually finished ninth in the uh, Super Bowl race. Uh, I think Rain played a role in that because there was, he was lapped down in that, but got some points. And then in race two... Uh, in race two, Garrett Gerloff finished A, so a good weekend for him. Uh, it's been a rough start to the year, so there's. I think the weather played a part as well, uh, assisting that because there was issues. Uh, it was dry, but they'd had hum- issues with humidity and rain and all during the weekend. So uh, something to look at there. The next race for the World Superbikes will be in a couple weeks' time. Uh, They'll be racing at uh, at Donington Park at the end of the month for the British uh, World Superbike round. And then, oh, they're going to Imola. Oh, they're going to Imola after that. Okay. And so, okay. Uh, Bautista leads by 86 points over Raskatlioku. And he's got nearly, he's got a 148-point lead on Andrea Locatelli. So, yeah, I think the championship's over. Uh, Locatelli, Johnny Ray, and Axel Bassani. A little bit of a battle there, but it's not really that great. Uh, Formula E ran at Jakarta for a doubleheader. We'll bring that up. And uh, ABB Formula E World Championship uh, races. So in, and what do you call? So the next, yeah, and the next race will be the Portland E-Prix. So we'll actually get a Formula E race on a reasonable time. Uh, that'll be great. So, uh, and then the qualifying the race will be will be at what uh, twelve? Is that night? Wow, they're racing it at night too. Or it'll be it'll be eight o'clock Eastern, five o'clock. Okay, all right. So that'll be something cool to see here in a few weeks' time. 
Pascal Verlein won the f- the first race in Jakarta over Jake Dennis and Maxi Gunther, who started on pole. Stoffel Van Dorn, John Eric Vern, uh, the DS Penske teammates, fourth and fifth. Mortara, Nick Cassidy set the fastest lap. Antonio Felix da Costa, Robin Frines, and uh, Jake Hughes, the Maserati team, coming out of nowhere after what has been a pretty nightmarish start to the season for them. Then in race two, Gunther gets the victory after starting on pole over Jake Dennis and Mitch Evans. Jake Dennis had the fastest lap. Sasha Fenitraz, uh, Norman Natto, the Nissan teammates, fourth and fifth. Verline, DaCosta, Mortara, Van Dorn, and Buemi uh, round out the top ten. Point standings, uh, two with 17 days before the next, of course, round in Portland. Verline retakes the points lead uh, by one over Jake Dennis. Nick Cassidy is in third, six points behind uh, in third. And then Mitch Evans, fourth. John Eric Vernon, fifth. Those are really the five that are in contention. Then you have DaCosta Gunther with the amazing result at uh, Jakarta, basically 20, yeah, 46 points uh, in this weekend. And prior to that, I think he had 24 points the whole rest of the season. Sam Bird's been on a bad string, didn't start uh, the second race at Jakarta, tied with Sebastian Buemi. JQ rounds out the top 10. That'll be cool to see Formula E at another uh, U.S. spot because they've been at Brooklyn in the Red Hook section of Brooklyn racing there for New- in New York. Uh, in recent years. Indeed. Next. So Siegel. Okay. I guess he won. Siegel won there. Nolan Siegel got his uh, schedule results. Detroit race two. Uh, So in race one at Detroit, Reese Gold got the victory over Jagger Jones and Ernie Francis Jr. uh, Podium there. And then in race, in race two, Nolan Siegel over Christian Rasmussen and Louis Foster. And Ernie Francis was seventh. Uh, Jagger Jones finished last after wrecking. Uh, Jamie Chadwick finished 16th in race two. In race one, she finished 11th. The uh, standings right now in the Indy next, Christian Rasmussen, two points out of Nolan Siegel. Hunter McElray is third for Andretti Autosport. Danielle Frost, Jacob Abel, around out the top five for the top, or three of the top five are HMD cars. And if you add Louis Foster there, uh, who's for, so two Andretti cars there. Uh, Ernie Francis Jr. comes back this weekend. Past weekend, he's 11th, tied with uh, Inam Ahmed for 10th and 11th in points. It's pretty close, tightly packed there were really so was it 15 points all the way up to fifth so Bernie Francis can continue building he might be able to move up there in Indy next uh MotoGP and Moto2 will be at Mugello this weekend um MotoGP the points uh of course we have the what is it point uh, results at Mugello before they go to Soxen Ring um, Riders Championship after the race. So Pecco Bagnaia is a point ahead of Marco Bisecchi. Uh, Brad Binder is third, uh, 13 points behind. Jorge Martin, 14 points behind and fourth. And Johan Zarco rounding out the top five there in MotoGP. 
And then in Moto2, Tony Arbolino, 25 points out of Pedro Costa, and was it 38 points out of Alonzo Lopez, uh, 39 points out of Philippe Salek in fourth. Uh, what a trying to go and find Joe Roberts is 18th in points, tied with Darren Binder. And then Sean Dillon Kelly is one of the riders that hasn't scored points yet. We'll see if that can turn around this weekend. And then the last but not least is the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Josh uh, probably come back in here. Uh, hours of Lama mainly uh, for one one reason because uh, the Garage 56 car is a Gen 7 car and uh, with a souped up Gen 7 car from Hendrick Motorsports and they're running times that are faster than the GT AM cars at the moment but I mean it's a full pro lineup you have world former Formula One world champion Jensen Button you have Mike Rockefeller who's a great sports car ace over many years and then one Jim Johnson uh, driving at Le Mans so that's um that's that's a cool cool car it sounds good it looks good it shows that if you had smart people you had certain people working on it instead of Dallara and whatever they might have had a better car in the first place but unfortunately um they didn't do that um so to we'll go and preview there's 62 cars of course the i mentioned hendrick motorsports the um, garage 56 chevy you know, they're on bad year tires and i mentioned the three drivers there uh, juan pablo and sebastian montoya are on the on the what do you call reserve list that sucks they should have been in the race um all right so in we'll go through the list for 16 uh cars in the hypercar category um extra cars coming from the ganassi cadillac team uh third porsche from porsche penske motorsports with uh guys that run in imsa action express bringing their cadillac over and glickenhaus uh running a second prototype as well um to make up the 16 car grid uh the number two Cadillac has been running in WEC with Earl Bamba, Alex Lynn, Richard Westbrook. The number three will be Sebastian Bourdais, Renger Van de Zanda, and Scott Dixon. The Floyd Van Wall, number four. Uh, they got rid of Jacques Villeneuve and they hired Tristan Vautier, Tom Dillman, and Esteban Guerrieri, the other two drivers. The two uh, regular WEC Porsches, uh, Dane Cameron, Michael Christensen, Fred McAwicky, number five, number six, Kevin Estra, Andre Lauderer, uh, former multi-time winner of this race, and Lawrence Vantor. And then the dominant Toyotas, they've done balance of performance, added some weight to them. Um, hopefully it'll make it a little more competitive. Number seven of Mike Conway, Kamui Kobayashi, and Jose Maria Lopez. And then the eight of Sebastian Buemi, Brendan Hartley, and Rio Hirakawa. And I figure the w- win is going to come from one of those two cars. Uh, the Joda Sport uh, team, the Hertz team, Joda Sport Porsche, uh, the um, customer car with Antonio Felix da Costa, Will Stevens, and Ye Yefei. Uh, that'll uh, 
That'll be a interesting car to see what they're able to do. The two Ferraris, of course, Antonio Fuco, Miguel Molina, Nicholas Nielsen, and number 50, 51, Alessandro Perguidi, James Collado, and Antonio Giovinazzi. Um, the 75 Porsche, as I mentioned, Felipe Nazar, Matthew Jaminet, and Nick Tandy. Uh, Nick Tandy has won this race as well overall. The two Peugeots, Paul DeResta, Mikkel Jensen, and John Eric Verne in 93. And then the 94 of Loic Duval, American Gustavo Menezes, and Nico Muller. The Action Express number 311 uh, this week will be uh, Pippo Durrani, Alexander Sims, and Jack Aitken. And then the Glickenhaus cars, uh, Roman Dumas, Oliver Olivier Pla and Ryan Briscoe in the regular 708, the 709, Frank Malieu, Nathaniel Berthon, and Esteban Gutierrez uh, rounding out the prototype, the hypercar field. Uh, very deep field, to say the least. Um, 24 LMP2 cars, all Orica's, Orica Gibson powered cars. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine in the pro am category within that uh, field. Uh, Prema has Juan Manuel Correa in the number nine car. Bent Viscal, good sim racer. Um, trying to look through here. Tower Motorsports in the number 13 with John Ferrano, Ricky Taylor, and Rene Rast. Um, Nielsen racing with American Rodrigo Sales, Salas, Sol- I don't know. Uh, ben Hanley as well. United Autosport. Philip Hansen, Philippe Albuquerque in the 22 and the 23, Josh Pearson, Tom Blomquist, and Oliver Jarvis. Jota's 28, uh, LMP2 is David Heinmeier Hansen, Oliver Rasmussen, and Pietro Fittipaldi. Uh, Neil Yanni driving for the Duquesne team. Uh, Sean Galeal, Team WRT, Ferdinand Hamsburg, and Robin Freins. Um, Inter Europol competition number 32 with Mark Kwame, the American, and Jan Magnussen. Uh, Elf, the Alpine number 35, Andre Negrau, Ali Caldwell, and Mamo Rojas, former uh, Grand Am champion with Hi to My Family at Home. Matthew Vaxvier, Charles Mielsi, and Julian Canal, all French. Lineup in the 36 for Alpine. Nicolas Lapierre in the number 37. Uh, trying to go through here. Guido in the number 39. Patrick Pillay. Ray Andrade in the number 41 with Louis Delatraz and Robert Kubica. That'll be a car to look at for the, oh, for the uh, what do you call, um, uh, class win. And um, the Algarve Pro Racing team with George Kurtz, the guy who runs CrowdStrike. James Allen and Colin Brown uh, coming over to race. So that'll be an interesting pro-am car. And Simon Pagino is actually racing. And I didn't know he was running this race. And he is running the number 47. So we'll see what happens with him. The WEC Prima or number 63, Dorian Pien, Danny Kvyat, Mirko Bertolotti. And then Job Van Waitert in the number 65 for Olivier Panis's team. Ben Barnacote in the AF course, the number 80 with Norman Nato, the Formula E driver. Uh, yet racing team Turkey, 923, Dries Vantor. Okay, 
Then in the GTAMs, there's 21 cars. Last time they're going to have the GTAM category at this race. Uh, the Proton Competition, 16. Uh, familiar names, Ryan Hardwick, Zachary Robichon, and Jan Halen. They run, of course, here in the U.S. in the IMSA series with Wright Motorsports. Uh, AF Corsa, they have cars in LMP2, and they also and they run the Ferrari program. And they're also in the GTM. Uh, don't know Michael Dynan driving uh, an Aston Martin, uh, Omani team or whatever, and Charlie Eastwood, the Corvette number thirty-three, Nikki Casper, Ben Keating, and Nicholas Verone. Uh, Davide Rigon in the 54A, of course, a car. Marco Sorensen in the GMB 55, Aston. Project One, PJ Hyatt, Gunnar Jeanette. Uh, don't know the other guy, but they race here in the U.S., of course. Uh, Scott Huffaker and Daniel Serra for Kessel Racing, the Ferrari. Iron Lynx, don't know who any of those guys are. Uh, JMW Motorsports, no, that, don't know who any of them are. That Kessel Racing team, three Japanese guys, never heard of any of them. Dempsey Proton, Christian Reed, Mick, Mikkel Pedersen, and Julian Andlauer. Uh, Richard Mill, AF Corsa 83, Luis Perez Companac, Rivera Lilo Wadu. Uh, the Iron Dames 85, Porsche with the ladies, uh, Sarah Bovi, Michelle Gadding, and Rahel Frey. Uh, yeah, so that's one proton competition. Porsche will Harry Tinknell and Don Yout, the American um, Northwest AMR. Ian James, Alex Riberas, they'll be one to look at. Uh, Chandler Hull, American driver for Walking Horse, and Jeff Siegel, and that'll be a Ferrari. Uh, yeah, that's the D station car and the proton. Uh, other proton, the nine one one proton car with Michael Fassbender, the actor, um, and Richard Leitz. So those are just some of the those are the names that I know at least. Uh, but I mean, this uh, race a few years ago, LMP two almost won this race because of attrition. Uh, the Toyotas have shown that they have great reliability. The Ferraris have been fast, but haven't had um, you know they haven't had luck or. You know, they've had mechanicals, Porsches, uh, not really shown as much pace uh, to start the season. The Cadillac, Ganassi Cadillac has been fast, um, basically the best of the of the um, IMSA cars, the uh, the um, DPIs or what do you mean, like the, they're, what do you call, IMSA, what do you call the GTP uh, cars uh, that have crossed over. But it's interesting, a very deep field, one of the deepest fields Lamaze had in a long, long time. Um, curious to see how this is going to go as the next few years go with some of these other manufacturers, Lamborghini, BMW, coming into the mix in the prototype category. Uh, and then GT, the GT category becoming GT3 spec. And if some other manufacturers will end up coming to Lamar uh, that haven't been there in a while. But, uh, I mean... You can't go wrong taking a Toyota. Figure one of them's going to win. They've been on a roll in this in the WEC and in general at this race as well. I think in the LMP2 class, it's going to be very close. Uh, I'd like to see uh, the the 23 win. Uh, Blomquist, Jarvis, and Josh Pearson. That would be a good one to see. There's a, a lot of great drivers, a lot of great 
cars there, the Alpine team, the 36 car, you know, 41 was a contender last year all season. So some somebody, some of the cars to look at there. Uh, Corvette has one of the best lineups uh, in the GTM. The Proton Competition 16 car, I think will be tough to beat though. Um, other than that, it depends. I mean, you'll see what the balance of performance is relative to some of these cars. The Northwest AMR uh, team, I think Ian James could, uh, and Alex Riberos, that team could could do something as well. And then it'll be interesting to see what Hendrick and uh, the Garage 56 car are able to do. And if they're able to run all 24 hours, uh, that'll be uh, uh, interesting to see with that. It definitely sounds cool, um, the 100-year anniversary of the 24 Hours of Le Mans uh, coming up this weekend. Okay, so now we'll get into Cup and Xfinity at Snoroma, Josh. And uh, first we'll get into the, um, X- the Xfinity. It'll be the DoorDash 250, which will have, what is it? It says 41, 41 cars for 38 spots, so three cars are going to go home. Excuse me. Uh, driver changes. Blaine. Well, yeah. Blaine Perkins has been driving that O2 car. Uh, Ty Dillon is actually going to be in the in the Xfinity race in the four for JD Motorsports. Daniel Suarez will be driving for SS Greenlight in the zero seven. Kyle Weatherman in the zero eight. AJ Allmendinger will be in the ten for Colleague. Kyle Larson in the seventeen. Uh, Keebler Gibbs in the nineteen. Uh, Connor Mozak, uh, Trans Am driver, uh, trying to move over to NASCAR. He's in the 24. And Kyle Sieg is in the number 29 for RSS. So RSS is entering four cars or trying to enter four cars this weekend. Leland Honeyman is in the 35 for Emerling Gase. Josh Balicki is in the 36 for DGM. Joe Graff Jr. in the 38. Dylan Lupton in the 43 for Alpha Prime. Sage Karam in the 44 for Alpha Prime. Uh, Brad Perez in the 53 for Emerling Gase. Mason Felipe in the 66 for for, um, MBM. Ross Chastain in the 91 for DGM. And Eric Almarillo in the 28 car for RSS Racing. So a lot of cup guys in this field. Uh, I think for the first time they're running the Xfinity series there, I would venture to say a cup guy is going to win, but what say you, who do you see and who do you look at as a a favorite to win this deal on Saturday? Uh, And um, somebody, I I would say the wild card would be, I guess the best Xfinity guy really, Um, (laughs) because I don't see how a cup guy doesn't win this race. Yeah. You mean, you're right. It's hard to see if a cup guy, uh, doesn't win this race but yeah i certainly could you know it's definitely possible but however likely i don't know um it's kind of surprising to see this many cup uh level of uh cup people in the in this field uh right now of course um but to me i mean i'm gonna go with aj almendinger here um you know it's hard to go against Hendrick and Kyle Larson, but you know I feel like AJ in the college car will figure out a way to get it done. Um, I feel like you know a few years ago, you know go back to 2014, probably had a shot in the 47 uh, to go get that win, but then got 
got taken out by Dale Jr. I think in the closing stages of that one back, you know, now almost eight years ago. So, um, nine years ago. So he, he could definitely win. Um, uh, but yeah, I do, I do feel surprised by the amount of cup guys in this field, but you know, on the other hand, extra practice, and then also bring, bring a little bit of attention to the Xfinity series racing at Sonoma for the first time. Uh, so that, that should be pretty interesting there. Um, wild card, uh, you know, wild card, I'm going to go with, uh, Sage Karam. You know, I want to see how IndyCar driver, you know, I mean, of course, he's more of an oval guy on the IndyCar side, but um, nonetheless, um, I mean, he did race here at one point in the Xfinity or in the IndyCars. Uh, so we'd we'll, like to see how he does, uh, you know, in the 44 uh, solid alpha prime car. You know, a, a lot can happen, too, uh, of course, um, during this, uh, you know, event. So uh, we could see him at the end of the day possibly a top 15 run or even better than that. So we'd like to see how he performs uh, this weekend here at Sonoma. Yeah, I think that's a definitely a good pick. They try to put things together. He's run well in this series, especially at the road courses. Um, famously got hooked by uh, uh, dumb fuck um, Gregson at, at road America last year in a road rage deal, but uh, while he was running in the top 10. So entirely possible it's a very tight course nowhere near as flowing so i think there's gonna be a lot of yellows so that'll be an interesting way in how that affects pit strategy i'm picking kyle larson i mean i figure it's either him or gibbs or because you got a Almendinger. so i mean i i think one of those three guys is gonna win the race i mean i don't know what um ss Greenlight is bringing to the table with daniel suarez um, maybe they have a better piece, but I don't know. I think he would be a sneaky pick there, but I'm going with Larson. And then my uh, my wild card, I'm going to go, it's more because of uh, fandom and respect. I'm going to go with Brad Perez. Uh, he's not driving for one of the bigger teams, of course. Just trying to go and get a top 20, 25 finish. Emerling Gase, that's kind of what they're about. Uh, if he can keep his nose clean or keep the car functional he should be able to do that uh in one of his limited starts there so we'll see what happens with that uh with uh and then also of course qualifying is going to be uh, a thing in itself because you have to beat however many cars to make the show and you're gonna have you have these cup drivers in these uh, xfinity teams so that'll make it a little more difficult to make the race the uh cup series race the Toyota Save Mart 350, only 36 for 36. No um, major dramas there. Uh, the driver changes for this week. Uh, Corey LaJoy back in the 7. Chase Elliott back in the 9. Uh, the 15 will be uh, Andy Lally. Uh, the 51 is going to be Todd Gilland. Zane Smith is actually going to be in the 38. This weekend for one of his limited races, and uh, that's 
and Balicki is in the 78. Um, Chastain will have Kubota on his Chevy. Cindric uh, has America's tire instead of, I guess, discount tire. Brett's tree for Dill, Bald Spot, Mobile One for Kevin Harvick. Valvoline will be on the Kyle Larson car, so that'll be different. King's Hawaiian for Brad Keselowski. Um, Schutler Systems, Corey LaJoy. McLaren Custom Grills for Kyle Busch, one with that scheme at Talladega. Um, Sport Clips for Hamlin. Menards and Moen Faucets for Ryan Blaney. Ford Performance Racing School for Jace Briscoe. Camping World will be on the car for um, Brandy Lally uh, and Rick Ware Racing there. Almondinger running both races with whatever Gabriel Glass, whatever that is. Fifth Third for Chris Busher, a regular sponsor for Martin Truex. Uh, Bream for Chris Bell. Dex Imaging again for 21 for Harrison Burton. Auto Trader for Joey Logano. DoorDash for Bubba. Uh, the Raptor Tough for William Byron. Circle for Justin Haley. Um, Love's Travel stops back on the car after FR8 was on last week for McDowell. Well Care for Zane Smith. Autodesk for Ryan Priest. Uh, usual no sponsor sponsors for Gagson and Eric Jones. Uh, the Beast Unleashed will be back on the 45 for Tyler Reddick. Oh, Richard with Kroger and Cottonelle. Uh, Ally Pride. So a lot of people are going to get, they're going to get really mad about that. Todd Gilliland will be in the Serial One e-bikes. Uh, 51, he ran that sponsorship this past weekend at Gateway in the 38. Uh, Keebler Gibbs, regular sponsor. No sponsor listed for the 77 or 78. And Freeway Insurance for Trackhouse Racing and the defending race winner, Daniel Suarez. Okay, so this one, I mean, there hasn't been as much parity in the Cup Series. You mentioned that earlier, Josh. And But the road courses do open up uh there's windows for certain drivers um just going back towards earlier this season going to when they ran at coda the only other road course they've run so far this year um you know tyler reddick ended up getting that victory uh it was tyler reddick yeah so so that was a interesting deal there Uh, william byron qualified on pole uh, at William Byron we've seen so far this year has been really fast. William Byron and Tyler Reddick, they were the two fastest cars basically the whole day. Uh, Sindrick was up there. Jordan Taylor qualified well and then got used up. Daniel Suarez, Bowman, A.J. Allmendinger, Eric Jones, Kyle Busch, and Noah Gagson were the top 10 um, starters for the race at uh, Coda. Trying to go and see where, uh, yeah, that's uh, Group B. Uh, Briscoe's 10th. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then the results of the race itself. Oh, yeah. Jensen Button was in the race, too. Forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, Keebler Gibbs who finished up in the top 10 along with Todd Gilliland. Corey LaJoy actually had a decent run. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was an interesting race at, uh, at, at Coda in terms of, I mean, the battle was really between William Byron and Tyler Reddick. Uh, they made a, a t- the 45 team made a mistake pitting, but somehow or another recovered because of sheer pace. We go and use that and some of the guys that were over there to go and make picks for this weekend's race. I'm going to pick Gumby to win uh, at Sonoma, the known road racer. He hasn't won since winning the Daytona 500. Um, it's an opportunity race for him. 
I mean, there's going to be a lot of opportunity races here coming up in these next few weeks, of course, because of the amount of road courses that are going to be uh, on the schedule. You'll take a week off, then you're going to have Chicago Street Course, you're going to have Indy Road Course, Watkins Glen. So three road courses, four road courses coming up here uh, in uh, this next couple of months. And those are opportunity races. I was debating with A.J. Allmendinger, but I'm going to go with Gumby Sindrick as my um, pick to win. Uh, my wild card my wild card pick is, well, it has to be somebody outside of the top 16 anyway. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Keebler. Uh, he's a good road racer. He seems to find his way up front in these races. He's going to get the extra time, of course, in the Xfinity car. And, um, I mean, his first time running Sonoma in any car, but uh, I don't think he ran the West series there or whatever, but I think uh, it'll be, they get good cars there, Gibbs. Uh, he seems to find his way up front in the road courses. So those are my choices. Uh, how about you, Josh? What are you thinking for the Cup Series at Sonoma? Uh, I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick here. You know, based on what we saw back at Coda and what Tyler Reddick has been able to do on the road courses uh, this past, you know, 2022, 2023 seasons. Uh, I'm going to go with Reddick here. I think they've got a really strong chance to win uh, this race. Um, it's a little bit more technical. Sonoma is a little bit more technical, uh, but it's um, another, you know, I, it's just as technical, if not more than uh, Coda. So I think it definitely fits into Tyler Reddick's uh, skill set here. Um, for my wild card, I will go with Andy Lally in the number 15. Um, he's always been a solid road racer, uh, throughout his, uh, career. And I mean, of course he is a road racer, not just a solid one. So, um, yeah, he, um, he's been, but he's been solid in his appearances, I think in, in, in cup. So, um, the 15, you know, of course there, uh, you know, it's a little bit different, you know, especially with, um, a, a road road guy behind the wheel so i think they definitely can be competitive you know i felt like they did a good job with jensen button back in the spring at coda so definitely a, there's a, a chance there for him uh you know to do something get a you know top 15 or top 20 run uh in that car and we've definitely seen them be competitive somewhat on a fairly basis you know relative to what they've been in the past so um definitely think uh they have a shot here to get a good finish here this weekend yep so we'll see what happens with that uh i mean andy lally solid pick they've been better since with this new car uh was it uh joey hand drove for them last year and had some good results uh of running all them road courses for rick ware so um andy lally has sponsorship from uh from uh, Camping World and Marcus Limonis for those five races. So it's probably the best deal he's had uh, to drive one of these in one of these NASCAR races. So we'll see what happens with him uh, and how he does here in the next few with the five races he's going to get in that 15 car. All right. So lead into uh, your turn now, Josh. Let us know what's going on in the world of iRacing and sim racing uh and where other gaming uh going on uh what's going on with that and where are you racing here this coming week yeah of course um i mean talk about you know we talked about paybacks the last couple of weeks here and i actually got paid back uh, i think 
this past weekend here on iRacing or past week um, as racing GR86 uh, series at Sakuba Circuit on iRacing. And um, I think, well, I can't say for sure if it's a payback, but I, I definitely got right rear hooked um, at, at this track by, by a lapped car. Um, I kind of, I was trying to pass him on the outside and I kind of doored him coming off the uh, a hairpin corner and then just immediately, uh, well, not a right rear hook, but a, a left rear hook. So I uh, still got, you know, spun out intentionally. And the reason why I'm saying I'm not sure if it was intentional or a payback or not is because I think earlier in the race going into the first turn, uh, I may have overdrove it and break pretty late or the guy braked hard in front of me and I wasn't expecting that and just completely ran over this guy. So um, I didn't save the replay, so I can't say for sure it was a payback. But, like, I, yeah, I didn't realize it at first because I thought, like, I just got hooked like nothing and then i look at the replay and it's like wow that was you know just uh looking at the steering wheel and put just a you know turned car guy just turned completely to the right and i was beside him and just hooked me so never had that happen before in iRacing but um yeah it's definitely an experience there for sure uh and everything but you know i still think may managed to come back and finish solidly i think of that race or did i quit i can't remember but that was definitely an experience there um then later on racing the indy cars at auto club i was in the lead and uh got just flat out ran over by somebody like um i guess he had a run coming off a or yeah coming off a of turn two and just um didn't um and he was behind me and i was in the bottom lane and just uh i guess didn't let off or he was trying to cross over and go onto the outside, but just completely jacked me up in the rear and spun me out there, uh, and everything. And then this guy actually ended up like spinning out into the outside wall. So, um, after making that contact, so just immediately ended himself there and, um, keyed the radio actually. And I was like Tony Stewart that one year he got, he was pissed off at Joey Logano and had that, uh, interaction with Steve Burns immediately like that. So, um, I, I should have streamed that one, especially since I, I think I started on pole, but I was just, you know, just running on my own right there and just, um, never experienced just like getting flat out taken out like that, uh, in an indie car. Um, just, uh, not, not something I've normally, you know, mean that, you know, you might get like going to the corner, like, you know, you get knocked out of the way or like you cut in front of somebody and they spin you out just around the back, but I've just coming off of a, you know, off of a turn onto a straightaway in the Indy car, like just like flat out ran over. I've never had that happen before, um, and everything, but I only spun out, I didn't hit anything. So I continued on, uh, but then later in that race, um, uh, anticipated the restart a little early and ran in the back of somebody. So, uh, and you know, ended up taking myself out there. So ended up not finishing that one, but then, uh, later on, um, in another attempt, uh, had the lead going into the, you know, the final lap. And then on the last, you know, coming back to the front stretch, it was three wide for, for the finish and ended up finishing in third by 0 0.002. Uh, so that was pretty interesting. And the guy, I think I've ended up winning had a draft behind me and then went onto the apron. And I guess I forgot to, uh, you know, take the apron coming to the finish line there. Um, 
and everything. I was worried about the guy beside me um, getting enough of a run to uh, finish ahead of me, which he did, but he didn't win the race. The guy just went and took advantage of the, the apron. So uh, that was pretty interesting there. Um, and yeah, and then had another one where I was in the lead uh, with two to go and just did not have enough tire and ended up spinning out on my own, getting loose off, off of turn two and spinning out. So uh, ended up there, but it was a lot of good racing there at Auto Club on the IndyCar, always one of my favorite tracks to run on the IndyCar. And then also did a little bit of uh, racing in the BMW uh, GT4 car and Spa and uh, had a couple of good passes there where I ran. Um, I was, I think, running for like 7th place and 8th place and managed to send it in there uh, in um, one of... I, I have to look at the layout, but I managed to, on a heavy braking zone at Spa, managed to send it in there in one of the corners and pass the guy. And then the guy uh, keyed the radio and said, hey, good pass. And I was like, yeah, just had to lick a stamp and send it. And then the next lap um, after the corner, after uh, Erosion uh, Radion, I had a good run down that that straight and just sent it in there and got got seventh away from this one guy so it's definitely a lot of uh good good moves there as well so um like spa like running the gt4 series they're running with the bmw car it's got good pace and good handling and everything so yeah uh that's that's yeah that's what i did last week on iRacing and i'll pull up the schedule uh for this week on on the service but uh, yeah they Think, I think this week might be week 13. I have to look at it, but uh, which is between server updates. So they probably just released an update uh, this week. So I have to have to uh, look at that. So season three is just around the corner. Downtime schedule uh, for June 6th at 0800. So uh, 8 a.m. EDE uh, 12 UTC. So that's when the next season update will drop and yeah so it's week 13 so this week is like that that fun week when you know nothing counts uh and everything so should be fun uh should be interesting uh let's see here nascar i think i racing class b and c at at sonoma which uh, should be interesting um you've got let's see uh up next week yeah the week 13 series this week uh road yeah global i think all of it's just uh road racing stuff so 13th week mazda cup 13th week uh dirt car challenge 13th week uh gt3 uh ferrari gt3 challenge uh let's see street stock week 13 as well so uh it's yeah it's gonna be interesting uh let's see 13th week uh figure eight series with uh, the Gen 4 car at Irwindale. That should be fun. Ridiculousness. Uh, so let's see here. You've got the Gen 4, the truck series, truck, uh, the 87 cars. That should be an uh, interesting one there. <laughs> when 87 cars probably will win that one, but should be interesting navigating with uh, any of those cars um, on that on that track and then you got the let's see the twisted yeah tube frame twister series 
You've got the street stock car going on all the road courses. So Laguna Seca, Long Beach, VIR, Lime Rock Park, uh, Rudd, Rudd-Skogin Motor Center. So should be interesting running running a street stock car on that on that layout. So a bit of a, the fun week where you can kind of just do anything you want on iRacing and not have it count. Of course, it's uh, hooking in the left or right rear. So should be... Should be a fun week uh, on there before the next update drops to start season three for the summer this this uh, upcoming or next week I guess so um, yeah that's what I'll be doing probably um, I think F one twenty three is coming out soon so might download that one once it comes out um, either on PC or on PlayStation so look out for that when it comes and uh, hopefully it's a little bit more of a simulation seen some videos that seems like it's more of a simulation than uh the previous ones which were slightly more arcadey so uh should be interesting now that they've had uh a season now with the physics and um you know the current f1 formula if they're able to um you know replicate the accurately replicate the uh f1 cars from this year and you know and should be fun being able to play the game and doing the you know story mode career mode and online lobbies and all that stuff so that should be fun but yeah that's all for this week sim racing um as always should be fun and of course when i stream uh you can stream on twitch tv slash or watch the stream on twitch tv slash you sailor 2 and go and watch that and i'll be sure to drop the link when that's live and everything so uh, of course, my personal page where you can see um, my uh, streams when I'll, I'll drop the notice, uh, Twitch or Twitter.com slash or yeah slash JP Huffine, at JP Huffine on Twitter. So go on there and look at what I have to say and you know what I have to say about racing and sim racing football, which uh, is slowly turning the corner towards that and all the other things I'm interested in. So go on there and then of course. Our YouTube channel, uh, YouTube, you know, group share podcast, go on there, subscribe to our page, like our videos, um, of course, watch or listen in the background, do whatever you want to do. It's up there. So uh, go in there and support the channel, support the podcast that way. So as always, uh, glad to be able to discuss for another week. And, you know, hopefully next week we'll be able to um, talk about you know, Sonoma, hopefully it's not something that puts us to sleep and we actually get excited by it. So hopefully it ends up being a good week of racing this upcoming week. One can hope, but uh, from recent history at Sonoma, I don't really have high hopes for it, and especially with this car. Um, the one good thing I will say is, what you mentioned also, is because of the, the new rule with the road courses where they don't have uh, stage breaks i think it might allow some strategy and bring it back to the old school road racing um that we had in that way at least strategy wise um as always yes yeah, it wouldn't do the show without you brother um we always have a great time here we're gonna end up we're gonna have a special guest next week certain young guy uh, is gonna be on next week um if you've seen the background that i have when i don't have the uh uh f this uh faded out whatever background uh 
you could get a clue as well as to uh, who it might be because that particular person has driven all three of the vehicles. So um, we'll be talking to special guests next week uh, coming off of the uh, 24 Hours of Le Mans, NASCAR, course at uh, Sonoroma, Cup and Xfinity will be there. And then uh, we'll also have um, a roundup with the 24 Hours of Le Mans and MotoGP, Moto2. Supercars will be back in Indy next. We'll preview the Canadian Grand Prix and IndyCar at Road America. Um, and uh, same deal, of course, Joshua Sims segment closed the deal. So it'll be a different show next week compared to the usual. Uh, you can find us, you can find Twitter, you can find us at GripstripPod on Twitter and uh, YouTube uh, pages at Grip, is the Gripstrip Podcast YouTube page where Josh posts the video feeds for our show. You can find our show on Podbean where it's our host site, philipgmatthew.com. Uh, basically, as you can find the Gripstrip Podcast. So we will be back next week for episode 173 of the Gripstrip Podcast. And um, for that, uh, for Josh, I'm Phil. Take care, God bless, and goodbye.